During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. It's been four years since Michael Myers vanished without a trace. What are you gonna do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. You came here to kill me, so do it. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a special 2022 episode of 31 for 31. I am one of your hosts, Chris Boniello, along back with my two favorite co-hosts. We've got... Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Cody Mason's here, back in business. Here we are. And Jamie Lansdowne. Uh, happy to be here. Again, it's been a while. I'm a little rusty, yeah. but uh, it's been it's good to see you guys again. Uh, for listeners who don't know, we were actually just together this past weekend at Chris's house upstate near Ithaca, and it was really lovely. And that's where we watched 2022's Halloween Ends, which was interesting. <laughs> the... Epic conclusion to the Danny McBride and David Gordon Green Halloween trilogy. And it was a thing that we watched. Yeah, it was written by four people. And uh, each of them probably had a good idea. And then they met a little left of the middle. Yeah. So if you're just catching up with this trilogy, it started with 2018's Halloween, which was also Halloween 2, which retconned the entire series beyond the original film to have Laurie Strode now has been living like a hermit in a compound for 40 years waiting for Michael to get out of his prison slash asylum and she's ready for him to come back. That plan actually went pretty well but then they decided they made a billion dollars and they had to make a second one and Michael broke out of that fire and (laughs) Halloween Kills was the huge turd that fell out of everyone's ass. Hey you know what now I'm like wait a minute. Was that film great? You know, I, I have to rewatch, re-watch that. it and maybe some critical reevaluation. And then now we're here at the, as the trailer shows, the epic conclusion, the final showdown between Laurie and Michael, which, spoiler alerts, if you haven't seen the movie, doesn't really happen till the final mm, seven minutes. Hey, you know, that you got to earn it with some, uh, <laughs> some, some rave dancing, some It Chapter Two content. Yeah, so the basic plot here of Halloween ends is we are quickly thrust into what is four years after Halloween kills, even though it ends with such a moment where you're ready for what I was hoping was a WWE style (laughs) mashup and fight between Laurie and Michael. But instead, we get to meet Corey, cute 24-ish, 20-something, it says here on Wikipedia, 21. I don't know if I believe that. (laughs) Uh, Babysitter, getting ready to go to college. and Is he cute? Let's just pause on that. Like. At the start, he was. Every character thinks he's the sexiest man alive. Yeah. Yeah. I I wasn't doing it for anyone in our audience, which was us three in our SOs. So Yeah, Yeah, we we almost got the SOs on the pod, but I think uh, at least two of them were asleep for the middle hour of this movie for good reason. And then after the movie ended, they had enough of us pacing around just yelling, what was that? Yeah. All right, boys, get off your letterbox. <laughs> yeah, so this 
Corey Cunningham, alliteration again, like Michael Myers, you know, we love it. Or we don't. Yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, he starts off his babysitting career with a tragic accident. And then <laughs> off to a rough start, <laughs> yeah. when you put it that way. Kicking an attic door and <laughs> dropping a kid down a flight of stairs and killing and him. And it only spirals from there, and we get... What feels like the idea of maybe something supernatural or something larger than the characters themselves exploring what might be the root of evil in this town. And then we get a bit of drive and a bit of fallen angels and we get a bit of a mess and we get all over the place. And then we get the epic conclusion and... That's kind of where we. Chris is trying land. to get out of here. He's like, I'm. I can't talk about this anymore. But we got to slow down. We got to talk about Haddonfield, Illinois, all of a sudden being the dairy main of the Gordon Green McBride universe. Yeah, which it also had. You know, so I will say this film from the start, I think, looked better than the other ones in this trilogy and had some more interesting cinematography. I was very into this initial opening that is almost like a contained short film on its own about revealing how accidents can lead to assumptions of people, which can lead to evil and trauma and build from there. I, I like that idea of it. And then, you know, 70 minutes into this movie, I was going, wait, is there going to be four more hours or we're really, <laughs> this is where we are here because Chris was so hopeful and that's what I yeah. cherished about these moments was he was the one being like, don't, don't worry. I think this one's going to really pull yeah. the rug out. You know, this, this, this whole middle third is going to be a real red herring. I and, was so uh, ready for a whole God bless him. movie without Michael, because as we start right after this moment in this, you know, harrowing opening, if we're going to get into that part, we get the credits with a very cool pumpkins growing from pumpkins and the credit text is the same as Halloween three. And I was like, let's oh. do this. Oh, that, like, did, that, that room was electric. We all stood up yeah. during yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> like, are they going to do that? Are they going to end Silver Halloween Shamrock. ends with a, an anthology style Michael might not even be in this like let's go I was ready <laughs> that's the thing is that I have maybe even more charitable view of this film than maybe you two because like Michael barely is in the film maybe there's a reading that he never was in the film and that his like essence is in the film it just feels like the movie I was think that's generous maybe started off as that yeah, the scariest character in this film is Will Patton's skin skin <laughs> yeah. content. Yeah. He's the most ghoulish looking character in the film. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but it feels like there was maybe a version of this film where Michael wasn't in it at all. And then they kind of like shoehorned him in directly. And that's why it feels so disjointed where, I mean, you mentioned like the number of writers, but it feels like three or four different movies slammed in together, all kind of eating each other and trying to get air and... I don't know what 90 minutes, 80 minutes. It's described as a love story. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that's a miscalculation. And, you know, everybody that gave us hope by saying it's a departure, it's a love story, it's all these things. And of it's course, we're thinking swing. Jamie Lee Curtis is going to make out with Michael Myers. Like, that's, uh, we're all just yeah. like, does mount just do it at already. Some point. I mean, yeah. I was, I was ready for full, super lean. Give me the raid, Michael Myers versus Laurie in a house battle. I was ready for go 
season of the witch that evil is just continuing that there's go i was ready some supernatural thing as we got very far to the end at one point as michael's mask comes off i was ready for that to be john carpenter which i screamed while we were watching it because yeah. i was so <laughs> that wispy hair for, i know yeah, it anywhere for no, anything that this is a you know new nightmare situation and john carpenter is here and he's created this evil that now needs to end some i was ready for all chris of was it. ready for a big twist but he got nothing <laughs> and the thing that we'll go through the plot but the thing that hurt us was just like the theme of this movie is a reaction i guess to the insurrection theme of the last movie with the evils dies tonight and there's a real healing weird kind of mislaid theme of love lives today to this movie, which is so just absolutely detestable <laughs> as a phrase, but, yeah. um, you know, graffitied all over. And we chose, I guess, unfortunately and fortunately to watch the first 15 minutes of Halloween three right after this. And just that sense that this is an insidious force that takes over Haddonfield and makes you feel like the evil is everywhere. And it's just rotting people like a Stephen King story is just so much better conveyed in the sense of conspiracy and eeriness of the general control of the corporation or whatever in Halloween 3 through one character just lighting himself on fire or just one character walking around and having gloves on. And if that was the goal of this movie to be a love lives today trauma response to last time's kill everybody in an evil dies tonight smackdown like just completely inert in that aim i guess yeah it makes me sad especially because the two characters who start off the film or three but two of the characters start off with the most trauma we see later on who are just drunk separately in different bars and give us monologues for no reason they felt like completely different characters like laurie spent the first the two pumpkin movies, pie. <laughs> a nutcase or, a, you know, like a little kooky, let's say, you know, she's living out alone. Like the her own family didn't see her for like 30 years. Yeah, like there's she's, you know, she's got this like bird's nest hair going on. She's traumatized, like it, very convincingly traumatized by what had happened to her and is living in fear for all these years, even though she knows that Michael's locked up. So it's a little weird that now Michael is completely unaccounted for, presumably still out there. We later find out he's in the sewers, but she's just now have a Halloween pie. She's yeah, she's baking pies. She's saying like tits out against trauma or or grief. She has like a line (laughs) about like I don't know. She's just acting like really. I don't think that was the line. It was something. (laughs) She said something. She said something about like her tits being out and like fuck grief. I gotta look it up. I'll have to like edit it back in. But she did say that. I swear. (laughs) And but it just but it just felt so against what they had built for this character. And then the Allison character is she's more like actually grieving and messed up, partying a lot or whatever. And then, yeah, when she meets this Corey fellow, I guess, you know, in her own words, sees like his darkness or his trauma and they bond over that somewhat inexplicably. So what she says is you need to find someone that can let go. That makes you want to rip off your shirt and show grief your fucking tits yes, see? and say, you know what? Let's go. <laughs> Jamie's vindicated. Yeah, He's well, like, I mean, I wanted to be sure because I was like, I don't want to be like some fever dream while we were. It was like midnight when we were watching. This you couldn't. Movie. Jamie couldn't sleep for the past two <laughs> nights. Yeah. Well, I, I think the the problem is just the reliance on like 
uh, a really new story here that's like a, a Stephen King short story about kind of a Christine moment of a kid yeah, getting 100% like the, yeah. the, the short story could be just like the kid killing the guy, the babysat kid. So the teenager killing the kid and then that evil of the town's reaction to him actually turning him evil. And that doesn't really have much to do with the Michael Meyer quote unquote mythos in any direction. We kept trying to say like, Oh, is it like the, the thorn trilogy back, yeah. you know, trying to write anything into it and some cults, some druids. It kind of dismisses Lori and even like Lindsay, the kid she babysat, or all these people they brought back as these like ret, you know, retconning requel elements to the sidelines to just give like very earnest monologues about some point of view that don't really end up mattering because it's just this Michael Myers is a shapeless shape, quote unquote, and is just trying to inject his evil into the world or is the manifestation of evil and out of that just ends up being two like two pretty distinct things not scary at all (laughs) and not very present because any given kill in this movie that is scary kind of could have been done by either him or his tag team partner possessed by evil Corey, which kind of betrays the whole conceit and it also wasn't characters we cared about all like Basically, all the kills were characters we had just met, so none of them were that impactful. Bullying band kids, you know yeah. the type. Bullying you know band the kids, a, a, a homeless person, unhomed person living under the bridge, a, a radio DJ, a doctor, a, a nurse, a doctor, a nurse. Yeah, it was just like, okay, who are these people? Like to me, this was what could have been the second chapter in this trilogy. Yes, you could yeah. have had Michael out and you know, retcon the way he survived the fire by the under her house was a sewer and he snuck down through it and got into the sewer. And then this kid gets to it and then his evil starts infecting the town. And then we lead into, you know, the final shot in 2018's Halloween where we have the still frame of, um, is her name Allison? What's the granddaughter? I don't even know anyone's name Allison. in this yeah, series yeah, anymore. The granddaughter with the knife and we get that still frame and now she's turning evil. She's got the knife. She meets the boy, blah, blah, blah. This to me feels like David Gordon Green and Danny McBride went and hung out with J.J. Abrams and we're like, how do we make a trilogy? And he's like, let me tell you about Star Wars. And they just went. You want to put the second one in the third? Yeah, I, I think the problem is really about them being the town became evil at the end of the second movie. They became the insurrectionist mob. And I want to see that direct aftermath. Not right. And I mean, but it's also a very good way for Michael to like win Yeah, is like for him to destroy the town's ethical core. Not that he has any motives at all. Yeah, but yeah, like his evil can win out. And then the the problem with the third one is just everybody's a little bit rude. (laughs) It's like, well, they already were murderous mob in the second one. It's similar to the board game I I wanted us to play this weekend, which we didn't, called Shark Island, where you're the shark and <laughs> you you don't really have any motivations, but the shark can win by destroying the economy of the island and making everyone fight each other. Chaos reigns. That's yeah, that's what Michael could yeah. have been. There's there's breadcrumbs of these ideas, several ideas, all and they don't all really come together and anything in my mind very successful. Like what you said, Chris, it's, that's what I thought is like watching this film after watching Halloween Kills, there's such a weird disconnect. Besides Judy Greer's character being murdered at the end of Halloween Kills, there's they don't really really reference that like movie at all. They don't even bring it up like her her parents in the past 
five years have both been brutally murdered and she's now reconnected with her grandmother who was an insane hermit for like 40 <laughs> years and yet now they're just like in a house a beautiful victorian house i love that house just hanging out and everything's okay and i'm in haddonfield like, they don't leave the yeah. town at all i mean no and i'm like okay sure I don't know how you're going to sell me this, but if you want to, you got to really make something supernatural or crazy here. This can't just be a casual story. Yeah, like anymore. it just, you know, not that there's any sort of plot that, I mean, these films kind of work best. I mean, they've already, there's no like mythology or Bible to this series that I consider sacred. They've That's already, the problem. they've already ruined it yeah. in some ways so many Multiple times. Multiple times they, and they're rebuilt like, let's it. change the mythos. Yeah, like, so like I have no, I don't really care what they do. So I actually appreciated that they tried to do something kind of out there and weird. It didn't really succeed, but it feels my biggest thing is that it feels weird to do it at this point. Yeah. It really feels like almost like with Halloween three, that was a zag. Unfortunately, that zag happened in the third movie in the series and everyone was like, what the fuck? So for them to do it again <laughs> this time after having all these, you know, plot points that presumably we're supposed to have payoff from the second film yeah don't don't start us with the halloween three font and the masks of the pumpkins changing yeah, <laughs> yeah i think that's just a really important point of like halloween three brings it outside of what michael myers is as a person and as a monster and it creates this very very tangible sense of like permeating evil all around you mm -hmm. during this time, yeah. which is the whole point of this pod is like, yeah. hey, there's a permeating weird unknown during this time. The way that this movie both gives everything through the lens of Michael's power and nothing through the lens of Michael's power from act to act to act is pretty challenging. Because <laughs> like, I, I think we're the three people arguing that this movie should be weirder and that yeah. there should be a very turtle god stephen king explanation of michael's yeah. power and like that can give you something to hold on to so that he's not just a mask that you do eye insert shots and it's like oh that that'll do it yeah. he's just he's he's eerie it's like no i want something to grasp that gives him like a godlike status or just put him in the movie more and keep him man-like. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a shot of Corey Cunningham sitting on his motorcycle, staring over Haddonfield, and there's just a giant, massive 400-foot spider walking <laughs> in the sky. Give me... Just yeah. go there. Go there. Yeah, it's... The other thing I want to mention is that the, the this, this three movies was always kind of battling itself of what Michael was. Like, he's clearly set up as a real person, a real man in the in the first one and then they yeah. kind of say he's supernatural and then at the end of this one they just throw him into a meat grinder <laughs> like like there's wow. there's no like yeah they are constantly tiptoeing between is he supernatural is he real which is kind of indicative of the franchise but and we were all waiting as he's getting pulled into that meat grinder to if he is supernatural have the arm pop back out grab that Lori, would have been incredible yeah. grinder too because she is also bringing the evil into town. Yeah, if they did a drag me to hell ending of just like, this is going to be very bleak. We're going to set you up for a love lives today. Trauma can be defeated by, you know, confronting it. You know, all of these themes that come across pretty half-baked if you just end it by beating Michael. Yeah. But if you set it up as a, as a twist red herring of like, yep, we're going to beat him. We're going to do the motorcade 
of Michael as a dark Christ figure, which is very bizarre. And, and com- then yeah, that is so that yeah, whole that was biz- is weird. so problematic. Yeah. And then you do another. How quickly everyone is just like, oh, did you get the group text? There's a, like, there's a dead old guy on this, this woman's <laughs> Check car. him out. <laughs> and everyone. But just then if you do that, it's not that John it's, Carpenter like Chris. Hope. Yeah. If Laurie ends up in the shredder, then you get a movie and like you can you can sow some better seeds to yeah. make that work. But like ultimately they are it's it's better as a Greek fate tragedy yeah. of like, if you look at the core emotional beat of the first Halloween and you actually care about her character, she is jumping into, hey, I know that this is the rest of my life. You know, like I will all, I am surrounded by evil now for the rest of my life. Evil exists, it's real. It didn't get me, but it's just a matter of time. And then, you have this whole thing about her thinking she could finally beat it. And then it's like, nope, I am here. You stab me with a needle. Doesn't matter. I'm going to kill you. It's fate. It's dark. You know, like that can have some resonance, but everything yeah. else is them just trying to uh, fit into a very bad political narrative that they are not deft enough to handle. Yeah. And they did like, that's the, I think the mess of the writing of this, it's an incredibly underwritten and somehow overwritten movie where we have so many of these different seeds. There's a couple moments. I know we're jumping all over the plot here, but there's the moment outside like the grocery store and the other moment with the DJ where people mention, you know, Lori caused this evil and has keeps bringing this evil and the town had not had to deal with this and she keeps inviting it back. She is the, you know, the, the flower to Michael's bee monster. (laughs) like beautiful metaphor i was just thinking because you know cody's wife was talking about bees this weekend she's been in my head all a buzz but Lori keeps attracting michael and if it wasn't for Lori, there wouldn't be this michael and there there's a there's a hint of that and it doesn't go anywhere there's a hint of supernatural with the eye looks and some of that editing that editing happened cody had left the room for a minute and i stopped and like immediately rewinded it was like cody has to see this this is going to be such a big thing where here's where here's where we get the supernatural the crazy no it and then i was waiting for when his hand is cut like oh is his are we going to see the skin regenerating is his powers coming back? Sort of. No, I don't he know. He kind of like shakes after killing this dude. He's like waking up out of something. It's it's never really yeah. explained. I don't really need an explanation, but there's just all these things. Yeah. Ha- there's so many elements in this film that it's a little bit of Frank from Hellraiser soaking up people's blood to get his powers. Yeah, we there's. All, we're not gonna get into the Hellraiser remake during. It this feels plot, like everything just feels like half baked. There's just like stuff that just is interesting. That never quite gets to a point of fruition. Yeah. Which is my biggest uh, problem with the film, which I would say, like, I still actually liked for the most part. Despite it being kind of stupid, I I did kind of enjoy what they were going for. I just wish it was better. I think it was largely due to the company. Maybe. (laughs) Which I would say is similar for Halloween. Like, Halloween Kills was a blast. And that's the thing I will never hold against Halloween Kills is that it definitely zigged when we thought it would zag and it took some very strange choices <laughs> and ran, ran, ran with them all the way into a wall. But with this one, I wish it ran with any of its choices, you know, and then like whether it's apt pupil, whether it's Christine, whether it's 
you know, dairy and it chapter two, which it borrowed a lot from, like just do something and, and really surprise us to end on a explosive note Mm -hmm. of like actual finale. Like I would compare it to this. I hate revenge of the Sith, you know, like (laughs) I, I I think it's a detestable movie, but I think no one's going to hold Mustafar against you. Like that is a moment that like, at least at the, I I'm absolutely in hate with everything happening on screen from a story standpoint, but God love them. They put that together and they got to that point and they served us a real platter to help with. And it's like, yeah. I needed a Mustafar for Lori and Michael to just say, Hey, not on board with this whole Cunningham thing, not on board with the whole healing journey out of nowhere and, and uh, the about face for a character. Well, we're going to serve you an undeniable set piece at least. And stabbing my crucifying michael on a, a, a dining room table or, or a kitchen island rather is not my most and then somehow getting him onto yeah, a car it, and I don't, it yeah the journey to get there was disjointed and strange yeah should we jump back a little we are as disjointed and, and strange <laughs> as we are yeah i mean we yeah we're following our main character Corey and and post Killing a child, which was a very intense start. I was I was in for that. That was a lot. Yeah, yeah. We were we were real excited. Uh she or Lori sets up Corey to meet her granddaughter Allison, and that's how this I I did lose track of time, but I want to say it's only three days that they like immediately fell madly, deeply, truly in love. Really just one dance, if you think about it. It's one like <laughs> epilepsy seizure of a night. That they spent. That's at a what bar. I like. I was waiting for in that for him to see Michael standing over him, or her to see Michael on the ground, or something. I thought we were getting like, the Jacob's ladder thing for sure. Like he was yeah. going to see Allison dancing with Michael or something. <laughs> like I, I, I wish that movie was in my mind when I was seeing that scene. I was like, are we going to go get real crazy? And it didn't didn't happen. But yeah, the amount of breadcrumbs that I felt like this had reminded me of something that would be a pilot episode for a new netflix halloween series or something where these are slowly going to pay off and it ends with i don't know a shot of Corey at laurie's house sitting up and and that other his his cool clown mask that i was like oh nice we're getting a different mask like that one's missing and or something but no he just falls in love with allison as quick as humanly possible they both realize that they're outsiders and she's an outsider for i guess because her parents were killed by michael like i don't know why Trauma like and she's, association with her grandmother, I guess, also kind of a little vague and, you know. Yeah. I thought she was in high school, but now she's a full-time nurse. It's sort been of. a few years. So it's, she. I, presumably she was a senior in the first 2018 film. So yeah, her associate's degree. She yeah. probably didn't go she's to college, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> she gets passed over for a promotion. He murders a child, and the two of them can connect over yeah. that. And she's well, being, she's she she got stabbed at least a couple times too. Yeah, but and that cop, I guess, is being a creep to her. Yeah, I, I think in general they have a little bit of a you know an an edgy streak that they connect on. But again, like it is difficult when things happen in the context of this movie. How much there's this discrediting of like oh you're just saying michael myers because it's convenient or whatever it's like he is a pretty prolific serial killer in town who has not been caught like after kills 
that's why I really, really do feel like these movies should be swapped in their conclusions. Yeah. And they he killed blew like out, 40 people. They yeah. blew out everything on kills. And I know they completely reshot the ending of this movie because it was maximalist and it matched kills too much and they wanted to do something more somber. But they wrote themselves into a corner because kills was too ridiculous to not have him take out the entire National Guard. So I, I think that just leaves us in a weird space this whole time where they're just going to have a, a little modest type of buildup to a, a conclusion that involves very few characters who are oddly stretched, like any Halloween five could have, you yeah. know, and, and it doesn't ever stick out like this is building to a ends style conclusion. Mm-hmm. It's just a silly slasher. The the added element is this kid is kind of possessed by Michael's evil and becomes his pupil, doesn't pay off really. And then you end up with, oh, okay, well, that gives us an excuse to have Michael and Laurie in the same space. But you spent over two thirds of the movie building into a different conclusion and then just hammered that one on because we know who the actors are. Killed 31 people. That's insane. (laughs) I would argue like he should have just almost died at the end of that movie. Like I just rewatched it and like movie has so many wrong things, but the ending is the town finally deciding a good plan and being like, let's just get 30 of us and surround him and kill him, which they do, but he just comes back. He's brute strength. (laughs) Like, yeah. And then it's like, what does the mask mean? Yeah. Like, and then you can do a fun departure movie about, a town being infected and maybe that kid finds the mask and people would have hated that because he wouldn't have been Michael Myers. But then maybe like the masks at the hospital, Allison's becoming a nurse. She is traumatized by it. Michael's this, you know, he's, he's maybe he's in his, uh, back to tank. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think like there's a way to write that. where like, okay, a kid starts to kill people with the Michael Myers mask. That's fine. And then there's a way to weave that in as like, that reawakens Michael Myers Mm -hmm. in his rawest form and and what that means. And then how that can turn into something of like a, you know, a classic horror reborn Jason lives kind of thing. But again, all of these things are ideas. You know, I'm not saying any of these would work and be slam dunks, but they are ideas that I, I think it is really powerful when you have a horror movie title in a series for it to matter. Halloween kills mattered <laughs> because it lived up to its hype of kills. But, um, you know, if if it's return of Michael Myers, like there has to be some underpinning of what that means. If it's Halloween ends, it has to be about how there's finality and like nothing about this bread finality. Like at the end of this movie, Haddonfield arguably is still cursed. Even if Michael Myers is dead, it's innate. And like I, I, I there's nothing to argue Yeah, there's nothing to argue that like grinding him kills the pain and trauma and evil that he brought into town thematically. Like there's so little legwork you could do to make that stick the landing. It is almost baffling that this is like the track they did for Halloween ends. And as much as we can like we were saying, like we we liked how it was kind of doing these weird swings. You're right that like it feels weird, especially the marketing. I'm sure a lot of people were very pissed off when they're like, what the yeah. fuck is this? Because <laughs> it really is not that conclusion that it's building up to, which arguably isn't even that interesting. Like I was not that interested in the Lori 
Michael showdown because we've already kind of had it done not only in Halloween 2018, but Halloween H2O. Like I've already had my fill of like the grand showdown. So didn't necessarily need it again, but the film is positions itself as that and then doesn't really do that until the very end. So it's just it's a very strange kind of baffling choice. But I totally agree that it's never going to be fun. We also have a voiceover now from Lori. Yeah, she's writing. Yeah, well, she's doing. We have a Sex in the City yeah, style Brad, podcast. Bradshaw, yeah. Bradshaw. Because we have not yeah. brought up. She's writing a book about this. Yeah, which, yeah, which was another. We thought was going to be a nest narrative of like her mind, but no, didn't go. We yeah. never. We didn't get like no. the closing of the book, and it says like Halloween or something. Like we never even like. Was there yeah. a title for the book? Like the shape or something like here that? and still here again. The Lori Strode story. Yeah, I just think with, Lo- with the whole Lori. I, I get it on the press tour as she says trauma a thousand times and that's good. And you know, that, that kind of works in a different movie, but like, again, anybody who's a fan of Halloween, isn't walking out of Halloween and expecting in Halloween too. like the answer here is for them to fight. <laughs> like it's Jason, Freddie versus Jason. Yeah. I get how they repositioned it in 18 to be like, well, she's like Laura Connor now. Yeah. And uh, Halloween uh, Kills ends with Sarah cross-cutting Kendra. of their eyes, like staring into each other while her daughter had just been brutally murdered. Yeah, like I just don't like her as Sarah Connor thematically because like there's nothing about this that breeds like, okay, he's a Terminator and there's fate to be avoided. Like the whole fate of the Terminator franchise is for her to survive and fight him off to make something happen. The only thing that is fated in Halloween, if you look at like the actual thematic elements at the end of the original Halloween is death. It's just like death is inevitable. Evil is inevitable. There isn't something you can do about it and it'll just lurk and watch you until it's ready. And like the fact that Laurie Strode is still alive is just very troubling to me, you know, because like the fights, whatever the H2Os you want to have, the kisses you want to have, I don't care. But like if you don't end with Laurie Strode dead, and her realizing, like, it was just a matter of time. It's just a clock. It's death. It's inevitable. It's watching you. Then ha- then Michael Myers has no meaning. He's just a mask to be put onto any given theme you have of the week. Because they set it up with, you know, we're fast forwarding all over and back and forth. But after all of this goes on and Corey and Allison are, are in love and friends, Corey you know, has somehow the power or infection from Michael and realizes he needs to kill Lori. And they have this kind of fun little showdown moment. And the mechanics of it don't really fully work with Lori faking her suicide. But it's a fun <laughs> yeah. moment. It's a fun It's a fun pull the rug out. I'm fine with it. Shoot the pumpkin. Let's go. And then has this moment where he makes a completely nonsensical line about if he can't have Allison, no one can. And then he kills himself and makes it look like Lori killed him right as Allison's coming in. And boom, I'm like, oh, here we go. The evil is now finally caught up to Lori. All of this trauma that she's caused the town has now fully infected her family. Her granddaughter now sees her as the killer. Her, maybe her granddaughter runs away. Maybe her granddaughter kills her. Maybe this fight happens. Somehow Lori dies accidentally, but kind of purposely. Like there's all these things it led to. And then Allison just runs away and all of a sudden Michael's in the house and we get the showdown. We we just jump into the showdown where either don't have that like i don't know there's just so many interesting things that it could have done there that to then just end up with them in the kitchen and honestly not even a good fight it's pretty quick yeah yeah it has the same problem as the climax of christine which is 
by the end of the climax of by the end of Christine, you've spent Spoilers so much time watching who Christine has infected, who ultimately doesn't matter. Like, you know, in the movie, in the book, obviously, Stephen King's going to write out every teenager. And- How do you kill your main character getting into the final act? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the problem is like we've spent zero time with Michael Myers and like his sense, the, the ultimate betrayal of this movie is his sense of voyeurism has been destroyed. And like he is only revealed through, oh, I opened a, sh- a shower or whatever when you're paying attention to Corey and all of the tension that's created in Halloween and the 2018 and 2021 entries is just through him stalking or like a presence being detected and breathing being heard or whatever. And like, he's when people say like, I hardly felt his presence in this movie. I think it's largely because we have no, I mean, we don't need the mask POV shot, but we do need some sense of like, feeling his stalking happen. And really yeah. he's just conveniently around when necessary, yeah. when Corey <laughs> doesn't kill somebody yeah. and he does a more brutal version of a kill. But like the brutality was never a huge, huge, huge draw. Like it was just the ever presence, the ineffability that he could just kind of permeate through all of your suburban walls or whatever. And like, I don't know. It just kind of shows a fundamental lack of understanding of like, if you're going to make this movie, don't make a Stephen King analog. Don't make a Christine. Don't like make something that understands this type of monster. And uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think that they really checked into it. It all comes down to is that they they did in 2018. Like, I don't necessarily agree that Lori needs to die, but like that felt like even though that's already the Halloween 2018 is already a retread of H2O in a lot of ways, just a little bit later, a different, they stay in Haddonfield, you know, not in California, but like that felt like a conclusion that made sense. That was kind of still sticking to the roots of the franchise and all this is just excess and bloat and just kind of taking the franchise arguably driven, like not even arguably driven by profits and just being, Hey, let's squeeze this two more times at least this one, they kind of went a little weird, but I think this also begs the the main question that we're all thinking is that this obviously is not the end of Halloween. We will almost certainly see more of these in our lifetime. Where do they go with it? How do they keep going? Like, where do they go with it, really? And I think there's a silver shamrock in the future. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, it's kind of like you look at something like Star Wars, like, the mo- like it's so beholden to the past and the callbacks and it's only really gotten good recently with things like Andor, The Last Jedi, if you're a fan, by saying like, hey, we, we kind of have to move past some of this baggage if we're going to, you know, to new horizons. And, you know, that's why I the parts that I like about this film is that it is trying to do something new a little strangely and maybe at a timing is a little off and where it is in this series but at least it's trying to do something new and so like i welcome more halloween movies for sure but i think that now the lori character is done hopefully god god love her god love jamie lee curtis but any other new halloween movie just has to do something different it can still have michael myers in a sense but i think we need to leave some elements behind you know, I think we just have to do better Rob Zombies and just keep like the the 
sense of, oh, this guy's just evil incarnate and he is death and he's watching and like just see if somebody can play in that ground a little bit better. But yeah, this one is uh, pretty disappointing on those ends because you just don't have a, a sense of him really, you know, stabbing Lori to death and her trapping him and then burning together like all that's been played out all that's been done in horror movies before but like if there's ever been a time for a final girl to die (laughs) please let Lori Strode just be killed and take him out with her or at least just like feel she's taking it out taking him out with her because that's all she was born to she she was was born to die she was born to die then certainly like do it in a way like this everything about the ending of this just fell flat to me she lived but it didn't really feel that triumphant if she had died it could have been more interesting you know like just something and it just yeah it all if you get her in the shredder i'm giving this like a four star review (laughs) i'm just telling you (laughs) Uh, just anything yeah any of those breadcrumbs it was or i don't even like yeah it's like following a trail of pieces of pie crust and then you get there and it's a bowl of boiled eggs it's just like it's the worst outcome but like it's not not the worst but it's really that wasn't the breakfast i was looking for and i mean like even you look back at the first movie like i think we talked about this last year that almost every sequel to the almost dilutes the ending of the original because the ending of the original is perfect because he kind of becomes this f- un- yeah. unknowable Spirit. force. He is Halloween. He, is like, he yeah. becomes the Republican anti-crime message for the entire nation. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it be, it, and it's just such a great ending. And then like the sequel, as much as I like the the second sequel or, you know, Halloween 2 and some of the other sequels with Michael Myers, like Halloween 2 is basically... Oh, where did he go? Like before they look over, he's gone. Where could he be? Oh, he's just like down the street, you know, (laughs) like he just like got up and walked away. And that's like the obvious answer, but not what necessarily the first film was saying that he just like walked away. John Carpenter drunkenly being like, I guess I need a check. Yeah, the best, best Budweiser ad you could say, like I'm just six packs every night churning out words to something. Oh, he got up and walked away. Lori's his sister. Fuck it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I like that idea, but I also like the idea that, like, there are good ways to convert the sense of Halloween into better slashers and better conspiracy movies. Like, that's why Halloween 3 is, like, the ultimate promise is, like, it's just a sense of condensing what Halloween is, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, and, and, Michael Myers does not encompass Halloween. And that's the promise of this series is like, he's one aspect of like, Hey, you think you're safe in the suburbs and you're not. And like there, it, you never will be. And no one's ever really safe. Great. What other things are interesting about Halloween? Like trust of corporations and like, cool. Like, what does that mean? Like, what, what does that mean? in This context, like there's so much fun ground to play on and keep it Halloween with a capital H and Michael Myers is just a great icon, but Let's let's keep that torch alive. Let's get the American Horror Story Halloween anthology, the anthology yeah. kicking. I feel like know. they would have to give it some. They can't just. They'd have to call it like Blumhouse's Halloween or like All yeah. Hallows Eve. Or they. Uh, he's yeah. just so intrinsically tied to the title. Michael Myers will be the crypt keeper. Yeah. And just be like, <laughs> which I mean, yeah. it's great. I mean that the series but he's like it's almost like they they planted their flag with this title that like no other film can really get any like 
get close to it. Trick or treat is the best we can do. Yeah, you like know, you know, like that we can. That ha- it's he's they've laid claim to this title, so everyone else has to take whatever crumbs they can get. I don't know if they could release another Halloween and not have Michael Myers in it, or at least titled as Halloween without having Michael Myers. Yeah, in it. this was the saddest I've been. Like it, this felt like watching an NFL player drop a pass in his 15th year in the NFL where you're like, God damn it, Larry Fitzgerald, <laughs> you used to be such an icon and now you're just dwindling in front of me. But yeah, you know. I, to- I texted someone that this, this to me after seeing stories and people saying, Oh, it takes some crazy swings and it's not what you expect. And this felt to me like watching uh Prometheus in the theater <laughs> where I would, I, just, I would be much more generous. I think I'm already just so jaded guess, that yeah. even some of the, the parts that I disliked, I was like just laughing along with it. Just like whatever you it, get. You know? yeah. like, <laughs> it's just the idea that we went through a solid Halloween movie into a mess. And then this was like the end. I just like it's just so disjointed. The mask isn't even interesting anymore. I think that this kind of killed my Michael Myers love. And I think that's good. Like, I think we just need to be ready to let that be trodden ground. Because Michael Myers is not the interesting part of Halloween. No. And it, there's there's similar things to play in that ground. And there's so many terrible masks and th- like, you know, just the consistency of Michael Myers is so all over the place. I think you really- just have to think of it as like John Carpenter's obsession with suburban America and safety and sense of voyeurism and all that fun playground is like, make that similar to the... Stephen King, rural America, Americana focus of it and all of the 90 other books that he've written that are 25% different than it, but very similar playgrounds. And we could be playing a lot more in that playground without Pennywise in all of them, so to speak, you know? So I think we got a lot to look forward to if people take the right uh, Halloween focus. And this is what the pod is for, to help them refocus on what Halloween is all about. So I think that's... uh, that's a wrap. That's the end on Halloween ends for now. But give me my mean, lean David Bruckner Halloween. Oh, well, we're, we might have to just record a Hellraiser rant for lack of Frank, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll cross that bridge later. But we know we did a special episode. You knew we had to end the, with the ends. Episode thirty ends, but I don't think this is the end of this pod. Thank you for re-listening this year and checking in with us. I know that people were looking for another 31. We luckily all were very busy with nice projects, jobs, and writing this year, so we couldn't do it. Uh, And the quarantine was uh, a better space to do this in. But more 31 for 31 to come, whether or not it's 31 episodes all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And a thank you and shout out to iHeart if you found us re you know, uploaded, posted on on the iHeart app that's now featured us. We're happy to have people come back and listen to our old episodes and we'll try to keep this feed alive with some other things. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some other lists, some other condensed little mini lists. We we we're always looking now. I, I've watched 28 Days Later today and I said, ooh, I could spend some time talking about yeah. this for Halloween, but who knows? What's I watched uh, Adam's family this week to get in the spirit. Nice. So you know, anyone on Instagram or the other social medias, hit us up with, uh, would you like us to see some more Halloween movies, some more horror stuff, or should we go into a different holiday? Should, have we wow. exhausted Halloween? What What do we got? Only Hallmark Easter? movies. <laughs> yeah. 
listeners, thank you for listening. Really, I mean, this is about you two, Chris, Cody, us just talking about movies. People happen to be flies on the wall of our ridiculous conversations, but I always love catching up and uh, talking about this stuff. We're, we're just guys. here to bear our tits to, to you <laughs> to guys. As, to grief, as yeah, they say. Definitely a Danny McBride line, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, so, but great catching up they with did you guys. Show the, they did show the Bon Mi restaurant. I will say, as we're still folding this thing up into pieces i did like that there was much less of the pointless jokes yeah. newspaper clipping of the the myers house you know big john and little john's former domicile being leveled so uh you know oh, there shouts out and if it's the final word i hope it's the best word r.i.p big john and little john yeah. every year <laughs> all right guys flowers by their gravesite good happy chat halloween. And happy halloween yeah. happy halloween